0: this is elixir of the gods exactly this is elixir de los dioses we didn't say it in the beginning maybe Mm -hmm. maybe we bring it up now it's very important
1: good morning first (laughs) of all man (laughs) good morning it's it's early today yes we want to make a podcast about a very special drink or a very special plant i would say i i i love the plant i love the, the the product that comes out of the plant uh, the agave plant, the star of the show. So we're going to take about all the good things that are coming out of this plant. Most of you might know tequila. Uh, so we have tequila here in Germany since many years. But it's kind of, a, I would say, like... Uh, dodgy. <laughs> dodgy. It's known to give you headaches. And exactly. <laughs> the brands
0: that uh, have had presence for many years are not the most qualified as a quality product. It's it's not a good product. We won't speak about names. We won't say any names, but you guys know what we're talking about. Yeah, don't buy the plastic hat. <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> sorry about the name. <laughs> no, but no, no, it's it's true. It's true. There, the, Like in every product, you can find quality or not so much. Here in Germany, you guys are very proud of the beer and, and I would say it's maybe the country with the best beer in the world. I'm sorry, Czech Republic. I haven't been there when I'm there. I may change my mind, but you can find bad beer here. Mm. Bad beer. I have tried. Yes, and exactly. So it happens in every country. So it's normal. The industry can destroy the product.
1: But uh, what I understand is, Diego, yes? you're from Mexico, right? Correct. So, agave-based spirits like mezcal, uh, tequila, rice whatever is there. There are many more. This is your pride. This is a bit of your national pride as well, isn't it? Is, is it, is it the, It's true is it like the national drink or for sure it's a national drink
0: i would start by saying every agave distill is a mezcal because mezcal in the náhuatl uh, language means cooked agave so then after the the everybody called it mezcal a couple of years later many years later it changed with the denomination of origins everything changed but every agave distill is a mezcal but The agave plant has its magic, not only because it made agave, but because it was very useful for the Indians. We are not sure. There are studies, but not conclusive studies, if they made or not mezcal. It's Mm. right now being studied. But there are conclusive studies that they made uh, clothing out of the agave because it's a very fiber-rich plant. Mm. There are conclusive studies that they brought the sugars out of the plant by cooking it and they parted with the sugar because sugar is a drug or Mm. was the first drug we used knew how to use so they the plant had many many uses mm-hmm. if you if, if you see the plant it has its own needles so you can also make uh rugs you can make many things out of the plant so that that's why they had such a they were so amazed by this plant it, it's a very amazing plant so it's kind of a mythical exact in a way exactly. because it gives gives clothing yes. furniture eating
1: party <laughs> so yes 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 it's 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 a very special plant um yes diego so uh maybe we should introduce ourselves really quick to the audience and uh basically give us our motivations why we are doing this podcast excellent uh you start yeah my name is albert and until a couple of years ago i had no even no understanding what mezcal means uh i thought of mescaline and i thought of drugs until i got introduced to a couple of mexican friends and now i love it and uh so the excitement and the joy that i have with drinking mezcal and agave based spirit i want to share this but i don't know a lot about this so i want to educate myself a little bit and i yeah i want to to share the enthusiasm for mezcal i want to help find people discover this amazing plant and that is why i invited you diego because uh, i think you know, you're from mexico and uh, you're going to introduce yourself a little bit more, but uh, you're also an importer of this. So for me, you are an expert. So I want, I want to do this to educate other people, but I also want to educate myself. Uh, now it's my turn. I'm Diego. Uh, I'm, I come from Mexico,
0: from Guadalajara. I was born in Puerto Vallarta, but I come from, I was raised in Guadalajara. That's tequila land. I live in Germany since 2014, so basically I'm going to be five years in a couple of months here. I started with the importation of the products of the agave distills the second year I was living in Germany through a friend who lives in Mexico and goes around the mountains looking for the best agave distills. This sounds very romantic, but it's true. And we are still, though we are going to get some competition, but we are still the only platform in Europe, not only Germany, the company is called Ringserum, who have the whole range of agave distills with a denomination? So we have sotol, bacanora, raicilla, mezcal, and tequila. Okay. There are others, other uh, names for
1: agave distills, but with a recognition, those are the five, and we have all of them. And you have to explain to me what the difference between the things is, and I think we're gonna go down deep the rabbit hole. In exactly. One of these the exact, next episodes, right?
0: Exactly, exactly. We're gonna we're gonna divide the spirits. So that you can understand, as a listener, if you know
1: nothing about mezcales, what is the difference and why it's important. And what brought you to say, oh, I want to import this to, to Europe, to Germany? What was the idea behind it? What motivated you? To I, you
0: I have always been an enthusiast of mezcales. When I was younger, uh, my father used to have a ranch where he grew only tequilana webers because I come from tequila land. And uh, it's funny, the name of the plant which the which is used for tequila is a german name veba so it's funny right yes why is that do you know uh, i think the botanical guy was a german oh okay I, i'm not sure this somebody could correct me and i'm oh. not sure but i think the botanical guy was was a german no, normally they are american or german so normally. the guy who put it on a list of, exactly of, who said exactly yeah. okay exactly yeah. the guy who who said this plant is this type of plant and uh, technically blah 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 I think he was German. Sounds very German to me. <laughs> yeah, to me too, exactly, 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 exactly. So that's where my my uh, experience started. He had a ranch with, I don't know how many plants, but it was a 70-acre ranch with full of agave, blue agave plants. And he used to sell it. Then he sold the ranch when a crisis uh, of, it was called the Sida, the AIDS of blue agave. It was in the year 1990 seven or something like that between 94 and 97 there was a big crisis in the industry and my father was it was not a good business he sold a ranch but I I always liked going to the ranch and Mm -hmm. I don't know that stayed in my mind in the Mm -hmm. back of my mind and then I traveled around Mexico trying different distills and I have always had this curiosity I have a passion for this I really like it it's it's been in my blood since I don't
1: know since I was 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then you decided you want to bring this also over to your new home, basically. Exactly. I'm, I'm an expat and uh, it
0: makes me feel a bit at home when I can sit uh, in my house with my family. I have a wife and a son. Uh, when I can sit in my house and have a mezcalito or a tequila or a raisilla and I can cook some tacos at home and not even tacos, like maybe I could cook some delicious German sausage and have a A mezcal before eating or
1: after eating it makes me feel it it makes me feel at home i think yes it's for me i have now that i know you i have also a couple of bottles at home and i really enjoy that when we have guests over to bring out a couple of glasses a a bottle of mezcal and always about you know you don't uh, shoot it down you have to sip it slowly and you have to experience the taste and I, i love explaining that to my guests and some of them are so you either love it or you hate it. So some people are are like, oh, what what is this? And some others are like, oh, this is really cool. And <laughs> so I guess it's the same with other distills like whiskey. Of or, course, yeah,
0: of course, of course. I agree with you. And, 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 and I see your enthusiasm for mezcal. That's okay. very important. Now that you go through, uh, you're going down this path where you explain to other people what is agave, what is an agave distil, I think we should maybe go to the basics of sure. the stereotypes. First of all, you mentioned mescaline when, when you didn't know, yes. when you heard mescal. Nothing I think, to do with each other. Nothing to do. I think uh, it's important to let the listener know mescal means cooked agave, but it has nothing to do with mescaline, which is the active substance of San Pedro cactus and peyote. Only those two cactus uh, can get you with mescaline. Agave is not even a cactus. It's uh, an agavasia and it doesn't have any mescaline at all. It, I don't know, maybe back in the day they felt also a little crazy and that's why they said mezcal like the pe- because peyote was much before. They used to consume peyote much before. So maybe there is a confusion, historic mm. confusion there. But it has nothing to do. A second headliner for mescal is the warm. Yes, it's the like, warm, yes. Always. Oh, I,
1: th- I think when I was... 16 or 17 years old, it was like, you know, when, when, when Techno and rave was really big, uh, the, the, there were this tequila lollipops with a worm inside. And that, <laughs> those were the rage. And, and you know, only the <laughs> most advantageous <laughs> people would have them. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's my first kind of real memory or or connection to <laughs> tequila. No, I don't think I would eat that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the, the worm was added
0: when the Spanish crown said, You cannot make agave distills in Mexico because you're not paying any taxes. Uh, The tequila industry rebuttaled and said, I can pay taxes. I'm strong enough. And the crown said, OK, who else wants to raise their hand? But the the mezcal producers, other than tequila, didn't have economic power. So to differentiate tequila from the rest of the mezcales, they added a worm. Oh, so that that was the reason why a worm nowadays, no worm. I mean, some people had the WARM, but it's 95% of the product doesn't have a worm. And internationally, I haven't seen the worm in a while. I don't mm. know. Have no, you? I, I, I haven't. I haven't. M- me but. neither. I mean, I don't
1: see the worm anymore. Mm. The worm was back in the day. Okay. And uh, maybe we can go that since we're in the basics. So tequila was known very soon or tequila is known all over the world uh, I don't think mezcal is maybe that's about to change and you said also that the tequila producers they could afford to to do to pay the taxes uh, whatever so is it because tequila is easier to produce is it more industrialized or what's the reason behind that? When, when this happened it was the most industrialized area for agave
0: uh, de steel production it was in the 1700s and they had the power, the economic power to do it because they had a, a much more industrial mm-hmm. production, uh, which is important. If you lived in those years and you heard that in London, they have machines that with steam they you can cook agave in instead of three days, six hours, you would have gone for that because it was mm-hmm. uh, hip to do it. And if you heard that there is a machine that with steam, it can crush And and the agave in three hours, instead of having 12 people with sledgehammers crushing it for five days, you would have gone for the three-hour super machine that they brought from. So some people judge this. Some people say they went for the... I think everybody would have gone if you were in that epoch and Mm -hmm. you had the capital to do it. Everybody did. So tequila had the capital and they went for this. They had the
1: uh, big companies, and they went on the on, on the industrial revolution wave. they did I understand, and I think there's an analogy, so sorry I for digressing a little bit, but I think it fits well. I started in Munich, and Munich has six big breweries, uh, which are located inside of Munich. There are many more breweries around, but uh, almost all of them are owned by big corporations now. they it's, it's very industrialized already, though, of course, you know, in pop culture and in advertisement, they say that they are local, but they are big brands. But there is one beer company that is still local, that's still owned by families, and, and so it, it's still very private. And they don't do any advertising because they let the quality of the beer speak for itself. So, they, right. they don't do ads or anything. And they did something. They were about to try a new machine to like, to flip the hop. Basically, when you dry the hops or in the process, you have to flip them around. Okay. And they have a 100-year-old machine that does that. And they tried to replace that machine... And they did some tests with the new machine, and they brewed the beer, and it didn't taste as good. So they're maintaining the old machine, even though it's not as <laughs> expensive, efe- it's expensive and yeah. not e- as efficient. But they're keeping that machine running because uh, it impacts the taste of the beer. It does, and I think the same is is maybe between like industrial tequilas and and mezcal. Or it is. It is. It is. It is. Yeah. There there are many factors that affect the flavor of the final product
0: we will go deep into that in the next chapter or a bit in the future but there are many factors Mm. like we should maybe do a one about beer man (laughs) Uh, it's very interesting we're in germany so we should maybe do one about beer this is a mezcal podcast but i'm sure the listeners if they're enthusiasts of mezcal they would also be interested in the process of beer
1: uh, so, if you guys uh, are listening to this, maybe we can ask you directly. So, we're still in the process of this is very young and very fresh, but we will find some ways so you can communicate with us. Exactly. And uh, so, we can basically put that question out and see if you want to learn more about this. But uh, I have to I have to do my homework then. So. You, of, course, of course, of course. But it's interesting.
0: If, if, if you like this and you want to give us some feedback and tell us about beer... We're not experts in many of the distills around the world, we wish, but agave distills and beer, uh, we could do our research and and, and try to to give you the most
1: information we can. By the way, this podcast is a Mexican-Bavarian collaboration, so (laughs) as you can tell. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Yes. Let's...
0: Just finish with with the basics for the the process. In order to be artisanal, tequila doesn't have this denomination, artisanal. In mezcal you have it. It has to go from 45 to 55. If you don't reach the 45 uh, window, you cannot be called artisanal. And if you pass the 55 window, then you're not artisanal anymore. So Mm. that's the range you have to stay to be artisanal. It's only for mezcal. Tequila doesn't have that range and Raisillas or macanora don't have it. They, yeah. You can freely have as much or as few alcohol as you want. Very important because you mentioned it. That was the, the worm that got in my mind. It was very important. <laughs> so we found the worm. <laughs> exactly. The worm was in my mind, not in the bottle. Uh, how you drink agave distills because you said I take it out and I tell people to sip it. Very important to everybody who's listening. If you have the one with a sombrero on top, Chug it, no problem. But if you have anything of quality, taste it. You have in front of you a very elaborated distil, extremely elaborated. It took to be produced from nothing to what you have in your hand at least eight years, at least. So taste it. If somebody offers you a mezcal, tequila, sotol, bacanora, raisilla, and says it's a quality product, taste it. Mm. In Mexico, we say kiss it don't drink it mm-hmm. little by little very important that you can in your mouth maybe the first sip it's going to taste like alcohol because it's high proof so normally it's like ah, ah, overwhelming wait for the second sip wait for the third sip and then you will start feeling and tasting all the notes
1: that come out from the from the plant I tell that to all my guests because <laughs> you said that to me once and I always tell it to them. I'm putting on my fake Mexican-Spanish accent, which is horrible, and <laughs> which I will not reproduce. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I do the same with my friends. And it, it's right. So, so every sip tastes a bit different because the alcohol and the ingredients, they, they open up your mouth in a way. And then, you know, they activate sounds that maybe were not awake when you took the first sip, but they're awake when you take the second exactly. or the third. And that complexity, I think, makes the fascination of it.
0: Exactly, exactly, exactly.
1: Last very important thing so that we understand the
0: basics of agave no agave distill takes less to be produced than I would say seven years. Okay. Five years, it's the mega minimum, and you're talking about an industrial, not good product, you mm. know? But seven to 20 years, maybe longer. But making a real range, it would be 7 to 20 years. So it's an extremely complicated distill to produce. That's a very important thing so you know, because sometimes you will feel that the price you're paying may be high. Yes. But you have to know this fact. It's very complicated. Rum you can make every year from the plant will regrow and give you the possibility to do it maybe twice a year. And then you only have to extract the sugars and it's really easy. That's why rum is so cheap. The same is with vodka. You, you're not looking for the, in, in vodka especially, you're looking for the purity of alcohol. Mm. The, the, the more pure it feels like an alcoholic beverage, it's better. With whiskey and agave distills, you're looking for a certain flavor of the plant. In the case of whiskey, for the certain flavor of the wood. And in the, in the case of agave distills, of the plant. But don't judge it because of the price. It's complicated to make and it's important that you know this.
1: Yes, and so I understand that most of the aging process happens in the plant because the plant exactly. grows very slowly, Exactly, what exactly, exactly, yeah.
0: exactly, exactly. That's why we say 7 to 20 years.
1: Mm. What I still sometimes have trouble to understand, and maybe you can shed a light on this, so you said many different names for these spirits. Tequila, Mezcal, Ryselia, bacanora. What's the main difference of it? Is it because, is it the plants that go into it? Is it the location? Is it a mixture of both? Uh, is it the distillation process? What, can you, can you shed a light on that? Yes, of course. So
0: we're going to talk specifically about the five appellations. Only two are international, which are Tequila and Mezcal. And three are national. So, Raisilla, Sotol, and Bacanora are only Mexican appellations. They will go international Mm. in in the future, but right now they're they're small. So, tequila. It needs to be produced in a certain region. It needs to be produced with one plant. Mm. Tequilana Weber. Tequilana Weber. The blue agave. The blue agave owned by the german guy exactly (laughs) we think he was german Uh, so those are the two factors the appellation of origin does not go into the production okay if you want to do it in your way like use any type of machine they don't intervene in that Mm. which is a topic we could address in the future mezcal biggest appellation of origin in the world with the most producers in the world. This Mm -hmm. is important that that, that the listeners know. So it's huge. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So in territory, it's the biggest and it has the most producers in the world. You don't have to use a certain plant. You can use many plants, but you have to stay inside the region. Mm -hmm. And it also does not go into how it is produced. Another thing, we could go into topic. But inside the appellation, there is artisanal and there is also ancestral If you want to be called artisanal, you have to go from 45 to 55. Yes. And if you want to be called ancestral, you have to use the methods, the typical methods of the region. But in reality, you can still be called mezcal, even if you do it in the cheap way. So the appellation only talks about a region... And it doesn't define the plant. Raicilla talks about a region, too. And it's like the mezcal appellation. You can use the plants of the region. Yes. Bacanora is also a region. And Bacanora does have the plant, which is one of the plants, the most popular plant for mezcal, which is uh, agave espadín. Mm-hmm. But in the north, it's called uh, agave pacífica. It's a smaller plant, and uh, but it's the same. It only grows smaller. Because, because of, of the climate, I guess. Uh, right? The conditions. Yeah they don't uh go into the method and last sotol which is technically not an agave distill but it's a desilirio which is more similar to an asparagus than to an agave but it was believed to be an agave distill like until i don't know 5 years ago that okay. they discovered that this desilirio is not an agave but a
1: so it's a it's a cousin. So t- it's a t- cousin, exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly,
0: And they use very similar methods. Mm. They also call it the desert spoon, but they use very similar methods as as, as agave distills.
1: Okay, so, so this this those. this helps. So basically, there's a lot of similarities between these drinks. Most of them are agave, except for this otol, which I just learned. So I I just learned that. And from a taste, they can be very different. I I I assume. And it, that. Ba- it's based on the region. It's based on the plants that you used, and it's also based on the process that you use. Correct. Mm-hmm. We we will we will go uh, deep into each one of the regions. We could do a podcast
0: about each region, about each plant. We could do a. a po- <laughs> we could
1: do, oh, there are only. How many are there in Mexico? They,
0: uh, very important. Nice that you bring it up. Uh, it, there are more than two hundred species of agave 160 are present in mexico and 120 are endemic to mexico so only, you can only find them in mexico oh it's okay. it's 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 a, it's a big world the agave world we're trying to reduce it to <laughs> interesting information for you
1: and we have a drink from every plant that's that's the goal of this exactly podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so by the end
0: of the, the the podcast guys maybe we don't know where we are <laughs>
1: Okay. Um, I think this is a good roundup. At, I think at it's mo- a fair introduction yeah, of what we're gonna do. Yes. Yes. So bear with us. We are just figuring out how this works, but we would like you on this journey with us. So we are learning things on this journey along, and we want you guys to join us on this journey and and give us feedback on this. And we will see what we will do in the next episode. So we will think about that. But this is Elixir of the Gods. That's how we call the podcast, right? Exactly,
0: exactly. This is elixir de los dioses. We we we, we didn't say it in the beginning, maybe mm-hmm. maybe we bring it up now. It's very important. It's a name we're very proud of. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.
1: Bye bye. <laughs>